0: Hello and a very warm welcome to a new episode of World Build brought to you by World Architecture News from Alison and Nav.
1: In today's episode we speak to Robert Vinkel, founding architect of May Architects and Planners and Robert Platcher associate partner at the same firm about the exceptional design and development of Sauer, a building that will be entirely built out of CLT, making it the first fully wooden 50 metre high residential building with green terraces in Rotterdam. This multi-award winning building has really caught the attention of the industry. Robert Vinkel leads the company that is a pioneer in the field of creating future-proof, nature-inclusive housing and at an urban planning level specialises in complex inner city and redevelopment projects. Associate partner Robert Platcher has worked at the company as a project manager and construction technologist since 2000. He is a Bream NL expert at the Dutch Green Building Council. So thank you both for joining us today. I was wondering if to start with, you can just tell us what does sour mean?
2: Actually, it's a reference to the uh, green terraces in the Southeast Asia, where rice is growing um, and uh, the building, its form, uh, it has also these uh, terraces. So these green terraces, that's the name, There, the name comes from. But also this area in Rotterdam, the Lloyd Pier, uh, in history both went to Indonesia and South East uh, Asia. And that's, that's interesting uh, connection with the place. So that's, that's the name Sawa, it covers the form of the building and the, the terraces, the, the, the generous terraces it says, but also it's a
3: reference to the history of the place.
1: And can you give us a short summary of what this project entails, what it includes?
3: In one sentence, it's the first high rise wooden building in Rotterdam. The building is prominent in its uh, appearance by its generous green terraces uh, and outside spaces. And Sava is designed on a nature inclusive basis. It, it enhances the biodiversity of the neighborhood. And Sava uh, will be an example, I think, and an inspiration. Uh, for others. And we think it's an important step uh, for sustainability. And it's proven evidence that it can be done differently than what we do in traditional ways.
1: And just how much is the local community involved in the project Innovative Ideas and Development?
3: In this project,
2: uh, because the, the community, local community was asked uh, before there uh, was this development of Sawa, how they would describe this, this uh, place, this uh, obsolete place, which is uh, now only uh, car parking. And uh, the people said that they want to have a green place, a green area. So actually, we answered that question by stacking these terraces, green terraces, uh, so making a vertical green place and giving them also uh, a deck, which is public, semi public, where they can grow vegetables and flowers. So we, we listen to the community in that, that sense. On the other hand, we went for people to, to ask him what they want to have. And uh, one of the uh, people, persons who live here, wants to have a small museum uh, of uh, this uh, history of this place where Boats went to Indonesia. It's uh, nearly forgotten, but he wants to uh, make some, some windows on the street side where we can show this history. So we include this thing. Uh, and the uh, third thing is that we also made less than the zoning laws said there could be developed here. So we, the stairs, the terraces, are actually the uh, the building cut in a diagonal away uh and the other part we didn't make because people to to give the people a good few uh, still so we um we listened very well and and what, what is very much important what you said we want to give this area and the people who live here and the city a present
1: and how did you work with the community did you carry out workshops do surveys
2: yeah it's, it's very simple and huh? you go to meet people uh, so uh, uh we go to the local bar uh, and some, some people say you have to contact him or, uh, or she. Uh, him or her, and, and and so we went around and uh, we 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 made some calls and we did some uh, WhatsApp contacts with people. So and so we knew what was uh, actual and urgent in this uh, this neighbourhood.
1: And you mentioned that someone had asked for a museum to be put in. Were there any other surprising requests?
2: People like to have uh, an area where or a place where they can drink coffee even at the evening. So it's more a community house or something like that. We said we can incorporate that uh, by uh, giving once a week or twice a week two hours of space for people to use it. But also we got, it's more for the building itself, but also used for other people. We got collective cars so people can share shared cars. We got also a repair room or a tool room which where tools are, uh, are shared Uh, to the community, but also outside the community, uh, people can use it.
1: And moving on now to the structure of the building, why did you choose to use cross-laminated timber?
3: Yeah, and COT, that stands for indeed cross-laminated timber. And um, first of all, uh, we have to rethink with each other how we use raw materials in a proper way and the ecological uh, need for uh, doing differently different in the building environment and we like to contribute by working on that. And there are a lot of good reasons to use cross-laminated timber. In the first place, it's environmental friendly because it extracts carbon from the atmosphere rather than adding it to it. And second, a CLT is made of um, timber and that's a nearly... Endless renewable natural source. And it also uh, is about a healthy environment, I think. Uh, the um, living comfort increases. The acoustics, for example, is better in a wooden building. And the air quality is better in a wooden building. And um, there are fewer or maybe no toxic uh, emissions in wood. But it has also a lot of advantages during the building period because it uh, requires less heavy machines to install the wooden panels, and it makes, uh, uh, well, quieter, cleaner building areas. And CLT is very uh, strong, rigid, easy to make material.
1: And how does a CLT building compare on costs to more traditional building methods?
3: Yeah, when you, when you
2: compare it uh, with concrete, yeah, the, the classical way we build now in Holland and maybe all over the world, it was several years ago, more or less the same. But uh, raw material price, especially of wood, has raised a lot. Uh, so it's more expensive at the moment. But if you compare also it with uh, the carbon dioxide which is emitted, and you price that which uh, is emitted by, by concrete, and uh, in the containment of uh, of CO two of carbon dioxide of wood compare these things and you can sell the the value of containment of uh, carbon dioxide with the emission uh, which you can price really true so you say that, that you have to pay for this or for the concrete industry then it's more or less equal so but true pricing which is means that you have uh, the, the, that you really value uh, the impact on the environment uh, then it's more or less the same
1: So we know that CLT is a reliable material in instances of fires and earthquakes, but how secure is it as a material choice against climate change and extreme weather conditions, especially as this project is so close to the port and there's the potential rising of sea levels?
3: It's an interesting question. Um, You saw the items in the news, I think, about uh, water problems in uh, Germany and in Belgium and and some parts of Holland, uh, I guess. (laughs) Um, But first of all, the foundation is made of concrete, and also the ground floor is is made of concrete. Uh, But you mean, of course, uh, what about wood? Uh, It's good to tell that the construction is not made of massive load-bearing walls, uh, but the construction is made of rectangular columns. So there's a small contact area, let's say, between the wood and the ground floor. And uh, how do you say it, the, the, the end grain of the columns is treated with a waterproof resisting layer. And there's a construction, that's very technical, uh, steel connection between the column and the ground floor. And the columns are made of, uh, that's called glulam, it's laminated timber columns.
1: And what wood have you chosen to use for sour and where is it sourced?
3: Yeah, it's uh, pine wood from, from a pine tree, uh, of course. And that's a really conscious choice because it's European timber in order to keep transport routes as short as uh, possible. And it comes from Scandinavian forests. And 90% of the wood that is used in Europe at this moment, we find out, that has its origin in European forests.
1: And are you ensuring more trees are being planted to make up for the use of wood in your buildings? Yeah, it's a good question of
3: course. Um, uh, we said before wood is an, a renewable material. and of course to achieve this, uh, building timber constructions uh, has to come from trees that are replaced. Uh, and we only use trees in the forest what so-called sustainable forests. So for each tree what is used for sala, three trees will be planted back.
1: That's brilliant to hear. And are you planning on using CLT in more of your projects going forward?
3: Yes, we
2: are, because actually, and that's not mentioned before, but we developed actually a, a system which is totally flexible, uh, but also uh, is also uh, according to the requirements of all uh, the regulation, building regulation, noise cancelling or, or uh, fire protection, those things. And maybe it's good to tell that normally on the C L T floors, uh, where the small pipes are on, concrete is poured on this floor to make the requirements of noise and uh, fire uh, work. But what we did actually is not pouring concrete on it, because then you are again emitting a lot of CO2, but also, uh, I say, pollute the material again, because in this concrete are those pipes or fossil uh, uh, stuff made Uh, but also the wood is connected to the concrete so you can't separate very well what we did is instead of pouring this concrete on the floor we made uh, a floor of pebbles reused uh, roof weight pebbles and that's really new uh in this amount of apartments also in this this height 50 meters high, and and all these things we we uh we, we did it together with a engineer officer from germany switzerland who made this uh who has engineered this a lot of times so we got now a system which is well which is proof according to the rules rule proof so we're going to uh to copy it uh, a lot of times all over the world our intention.
0: So thanks for filling us in on those details. I'd like to now look at the vegetation aspect, because one of the really dominant images that I see from this building is the use of plants in the balconies and on the terraces. So I guess the first point really is, is how do you make sure the biodiversity is correct and the vegetation is sustainable and will survive providing greenery and colour throughout the year?
3: That's of course a good question and we ask it uh, ourselves too, but uh, right from the beginning we work together with, with uh, botanists, biolog- uh, biology experts, uh, because Sawa is designed on a nature-inclusive basis, right from the beginning. So it's not only uh, greenwashing, just putting plants on it, uh, but we choose the type of planting specifically for each location. So it it depends on the orientation to the sun, uh, the height in the building, and we choose the right plants to attract the animals. Uh, We were designing with the parameters wind and and the view and the outside spaces. And it's not only that people has to give water, it's uh, included with an irrigation system. So there's always enough uh, water to do that.
0: And and by putting such a large amount of vegetation into a building, do you then anticipate that you may have problems with people looking after it? Uh, does it need a sort of bespoke management system that's regulated and kept in order by an outside company, or, or are the residents responsible for it? That, that's a
2: question which often often is asked. Um, it's a good question, but the planters outside they are property of the uh, community of the building. So they are not privately owned. And also the plants are are owned by the by the community of the building. So it, it is a, a part of the building. And in the contracts with the people, uh, is stated that they have to uh, give, uh, open the doors two times a year for a person who cuts uh, and and uh, maintains the, 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 the hatches and the, the plants which are there. Uh, in In spring and in uh, autumn, and uh, plants are irrigated uh, automatically and also this irrigation system is uh, being stopped during winter time and this person also is uh, is taking care of this system
0: and like and the residents are keen gardeners themselves, will they be able to use some of that area to grow their own plants? I'm thinking that possibly might upset the biodiversity balance though so I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, people. Of course, there's also a possibility to put your own plants on the terraces and balconies, but those planters are uh, arranged you and that's that's the way. But you can put a lot of plants uh, to it. But also on the deck, uh, people can make their own, uh, plant their own plants and flowers and vegetables.
0: And and can you give us an update about how the building's doing? What's what's the timeline for finishing?
2: Yeah, I've got a scoop for you. Just last week, uh, we heard from the contractor that we have an agreement about the price to build it. And we sold uh, 70% of the apartments to an investor. So the business case is uh, is is round, it's closed, uh, actually. So it means that we have to, uh, to sell only uh, about 30 apartments uh, in, the, in the autumn, uh, but we begin already in autumn to uh, prepare our uh, building uh, preparations. So uh, we're going to build it. And that's really good news, I think, uh, because it was was like a roller coaster because of the prices of the raw materials went up and down or went up, actually. (laughs) But... the nice thing is that the investors want to pay for this building because they also want to uh, make their portfolios more green.
0: OK, excellent. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that. You're obviously very passionate about this and, and both of you have put an awful lot of work into the planning and the thinking around how you make this an environmentally sound building. When will the apartments be ready for people to actually move into?
2: We think uh, when we start in in, in the first uh, quarter, Q1 of uh, 2022, uh, within one half or two years it will be ready.
0: Okay, so I guess people will be looking to move in around 2023, something like that.
2: Yeah, and, but what we also did, we hired a bar here, a local bar, a brown bar, <laughs> a typical Dutch bar, to Arrange excursions to this building because we uh, we knew from other projects that a lot of people want to see this project and also see it growing as, uh, as wood is being built. So we want to invite people who are uh, very curious to see this building uh, being built. To come to us, we can uh, collect in the bar and go to the project and recollect in the bar afterwards. <laughs>
0: and I just love the idea that the research started in a bar and clearly got people talking a- around this project and showing them the progress is also going to start in a bar. Is this a very Dutch approach to communication and delivery?
1: It's, it's a
2: typical approach to uh, mingle with the people around so we thought we want to uh, uh instead of uh only designing buildings and develop buildings we want to uh to meet people uh we want to meet people so that's why we uh, we we hired a bar
0: yeah i think it's i think it's a fantastic approach because it makes it far less formal and more welcoming to people and you may get people coming in to listen who who wouldn't necessarily go to a more formal kind of gathering and instead prefer to come along to a bar. hearing about it more casually so have you faced any resistance at all to this building and your plans
2: not yet we will experience that when we uh, when the building permit will be uh, will be uh, given so uh, we'll see that but we we don't think so because uh, we are within the buildings uh, zone uh, regulations and uh, yeah, do you want something else in this place? Because if you don't want this, nothing else will be built, which is less uh, qualitative. So uh, that's the difference. And maybe one thing which is not mentioned here, but it's very important to say I, we as an architect, we develop this building ourselves. And uh, that, this is very important to tell because these all stacked ambitions, normally when you uh, propose a building like this. As an architect, the client will say this is stacked ambitions, this is not possible, maybe we can do two or three of these things, but this is the limit. Um, uh, but we said with uh, my companion uh, of nice developers, uh, Mark Comper, we said let's see if we can do this without saying that shareholders uh, uh, values are the most important, but the shared values are the most important. And uh, that's very nice because it's a showcase that it is possible to stack this ambition and make a project which is an example for this century, how you can also make buildings for next generations.
0: And have you got any active plans to repeat this type of building somewhere in in other parts of Holland or indeed other other countries? Uh,
2: Not yet, but we are open for that. Uh, We said first we want to prove that this building is possible and also the business case is possible. And now we will see if we can make a uh, uh, proposal for other countries. We think, for example, in France, eh, France is very uh, uh, green-oriented at the moment. Uh, there are a lot of mayors which are uh, uh, members of the green, green political parties. Um, so we're going to see uh, in the, the next year, 2022, uh, that we, show, we go to France and show that it is possible to make a total green circular building.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so much more of an interest now, isn't there, in supporting the environment and and an awareness of the potential repercussions of climate change. I really hope you find some positive, proactive audiences for future projects along these lines as you travel around. So thank you both very much for talking to us today. And Nav and I both wish you well with this project. Thank you. Thanks a We welcome your feedback on the podcast. So please aim all your comments to waneditorial at haymarket.com. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So follow Download and join us.